Hey, everybody. We've got Chris Federer in the studio with us today. Hey, Aaron. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, this is killer. Yeah, so we're doing something different this episode. We are going to try a new format of an episode called Methods. And what that is, is we are going to be expanding on the tools and techniques uh, for doing creative work, basically. So we'd like to do a series of Methods podcast in addition to the 20 Questions podcast. So we've got Chris here today. Chris is a, a farmer of collaboration and he has a design background and he's been studying design facilitation and uh, facilitation workshop workshops for a long time. Okay, how do you describe the farmer of collaboration title? Yeah, I mean, really I'm trying to get teams of people or groups of people to even leaders to work better together and it's usually a a very nurturing process and takes some time so it's like farming right uh okay and it takes a lot of yeah we'll, we'll stick with that okay i like the idea of like planting seeds yeah. and and tending to the to the to the plants and the animals as opposed to building something and then you're out yeah this is this is definitely not passing out cards and then moving on your way this is you know building authentic uh safe space for where people can can communicate trust and create together cool so chris federer the farmer of collaboration he's run some pretty serious design sprints and design workshops over the past few years some of the the companies that you've worked for like global works travel right yeah and that was in the beginning of my, my yeah. career and i didn't even really know i was doing design or, or getting experiences or designing experiences but right. essentially was what are some of the other companies that, that are notable that, that you've done these workshops for? Um, CoSchool, which was a um, an agency, essentially high school training agency in Bogota, Colombia. Mm. We used design thinking to build, uh, it was character development. Oh, so you had to go to Colombia. To oh, well, I was there. Okay. I was living there. Cool. Um, and that's, that's essentially right before I came to Utah mm. and gave me the inspiration to start the human-centered design community. Cool. Because I couldn't find one. And then you just got back from a Google intensive. What was that about? Yeah. So I've been trying to get in this, this training at Google for three years and I finally got invited. Um, three days of training, invite only. Uh, got to meet a lot of these professionals that I'd been built relationships with and over the years online or reading their books. So it was really, really incredible experience to dive a little deeper into what are these design processes and what do you do before them? What do you do after them? It was intense. That's cool. But other companies, I mean, I mean, I've worked with fintech companies. I've worked with government, uh, like UCCD, Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy. Hmm. I'm doing a thing with Leonardo tomorrow. Oh, nice. And so you're employing the design thinking techniques and the design sprint techniques, which our listeners may have heard of before. Um, kind of tra uh, not traditional, kind of uh, emerging um, product development and, uh, uh, workshop techniques and methods. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been specific cases like with Snap, for instance, where we're working on a product and we're trying to improve specific moment on their, on their, on their product. Right. Yeah. And so we're spending a week in a design sprint, uh, innovating and testing it with, with users. Right. Mm. But lots of times, at least in my case, where I'm in design thinking or design sprints, you know, it's not necessarily always on product. It can also be um, maybe teams just need alignment so they can make better decisions. 
really my favorite. Gotcha. When you can get everybody in the room and employ some, you know, really good collaboration and get people that might not be thinking about the design, thinking about the design and yeah. involved. Yeah. Um, especially in these larger organizations, getting people on the same page and creating like a shared understanding of what's going on, like in the decisions yeah. can be hugely important in, in terms of saving time and money and getting employees more engaged in what they're doing mm. and have a little bit more purpose. So that's, that's one of my favorite benefits mm. of a lot of these, these workshops that we're running. Okay. So how, how would you maybe sell yourself or sell, sell the need for design thinking workshop or a design sprint to, to a company? Yeah. So that's still under development, but yeah. I think for me, the future is fluid. Like it, obviously the future hasn't been invented yet. Right. So you can't really plan or predict or where you can't plan or predict very well what's going to happen in the future. Um, we need to take more of a discovery mindset and discover the future, right? Mm. So like essentially what I talk to organizations about is setting up, like how can we set up the company or the agency or your team to learn faster, right? Because yep. essentially I believe there's going to be winners and losers in business and the winners will be the companies that can learn fastest and the business people or the professionals that can learn fastest win that's cool or, and or so, iterate the fastest and learn from their iterations and yeah and the team like yes i mean iteratively but also collaboratively okay right it depends yeah. how large the organization is right and how big the problem is you're trying to solve right yeah. but i mean we've all heard of companies organizations that make these big bets on a sure thing and end up wasting a million dollars ten million dollars right right and then they're, they're sunk mm. so what i practice is helping companies discover better solutions. Yeah. And that can save them tons of time and money. Yeah. What I think is really cool about Chris and what he's doing, and, you know, a big reason I wanted to have you on on the podcast is that you've been able to dedicate this time, like, you know, a number of years to studying these, these techniques, right? The design yeah. thinking and design sprint, and among others, and kind of like... Um, extract like maybe some of your favorite techniques or what you think is most effective from those. And I think that's something that you've been able to do that probably a lot of practicing designers aren't able to do is to really like find the cream of the crop, the best methods, you know, to collaborative, you know, design process. So I think that's really cool. And thanks again for like sharing wh what you've learned and like your distillation or your synthesis of you know, your years of study of these facilitation methods. So that's really cool that we talked about, and I think Chris agreed to like share some of his favorite methods, right. specific methods for in the, in, in the next section. Yeah. And then, and then we can talk more about the process and maybe some of the uh, impediments to making some, you know, a workshop facilitation workshop, you know, happen. All right, so let's talk specifically about some of your favorite methods. Uh, design methods, is that okay if we call them design methods, re research, collaboration methods? Yeah, so, I mean, there's so many out there, but if I'm working with groups of people, I think my favorite, just because it's easiest and everyone loves it and it cuts down on, and this discussion is called one, two, four, all. Okay. 
It's a great way to include everyone in a discussion. And essentially it starts off with, let's say you're about to get into a conversation. You'll spend the first minute having everyone think about and write down their ideas, right? Okay. For, for, or their thoughts on a specific topic. Okay. So you're, you're trying to develop a water bottle, like a new right. sustainable water bottle or something. Right. Okay. And instead of an open-ended discussion, we'll do this. So everyone spends the first minute or two, um, writing down their thoughts on this sustainable water bottle, right? Then they'll pair up and the two or in the pairs will discuss uh, between each other uh, their thoughts, right? Okay. And they'll share them with each other, okay. right? At the end of those two minutes, we'll break off into groups of four. And the groups of four will discuss their main ideas. They will each discuss their main ideas from what they, they started with, right? Okay. And then... From the group of four, you go into the group, right? And yeah. each group of four will express their favorite main idea from their previous. So through the, through the whole process, two, four, they were supposed to be uh, coming up with the, the one takeaway. Synthesizing takeaways, right? Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and that's really good just because I'm a, I'm more extroverted or I, I just don't care. But like I, a lot of people don't want to speak or look stupid in front of groups. Right. So. They might, someone might have a really great idea, yeah. but just don't want to say it in a big oh. group. And someone else can say it for them. So right. It's like warming up to the group part. That's one benefit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it, it, it is hugely helpful for introverts. Yeah. Okay. Right. And you slowly get to vet and filter out these ideas as you go. Yeah. Uh, or maybe elaborate on them as right. you go from one to two to four. That's interesting. Right. Not everybody has to hear every bad idea. Like, right. Like the, the better ones kind of float to the surface. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a structure or a method. I guess I like to call them structures. Okay. To include and unleash everyone. We call them the structures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That seems to be really powerful and everyone gets in and has been really effective. I like that. Yeah. So it's like a structured brainstorm in a way. Yeah. And it's. But it's, you know, it's not very intimidating. You have to draw. You don't necessarily have to draw or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It gives people that time alone too, which is it's cool. And it's usually pretty fast. It depends on how big the group is. That's a good one. One, two, four, all. One, two, four, all. I like it. It's Liberating Structures. Liberating Structures is a brand co-creation and, yeah, brand okay. that helps teams work better together. I'm and they're this. really, and don't judge, like, if you look at the website, when I first saw it, I totally dismissed it because I was like, oh my gosh, this is visually the worst thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Right. <They're> not <laughs> and, but now it's words. like the charm behind it because the entire design thinking or a huge uh, population design thinking community has adopted these exercises from liberating structures. Yeah. Funny. It's so, it's so bad. Yeah. And ugly, like it's charming. Right. That's cool. And people have tried to redesign their logos and everything and they get really mad. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> What's next? You were going to talk about Crazy Eights? Um, no? Yeah, Crazy Eights. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of my favorite. I mean, it's a good way, you know, it's a drawing exercise because a lot of the, the exercises that we do require visual thinking. And most people aren't comfortable drawing. Uh, this Most of this audience probably is, but um, most people aren't. So, yeah. It's a good, it's a good way you fold a paper up into eight sections, Yep. right? And let's say you're going to be prototyping or working on some sort of concept mm -hmm. just to get people's brains working and comfortable drawing, get one minute per section. Yeah. First minute, you know, draw the app face, 
or okay. whatever it may be. Or, or, the, the, or the service or uh, the bottle, l- right? L- let's, stick, let's stick with the bottle, the eco bottle. So right. you might, okay. And so even if it's the janitor that's in on this project or the CEO, mm-hmm. right? It gets them at least feeling a little bit more comfortable trying visually and thinking visually, right? So it's one minute per section. Okay. But I just like that because, yeah, people are very hesitant. A lot of, a lot of people are very hesitant to, to think visually, mm-hmm. but it can lead to interesting insight that designers can usually take to then actually prototype something. And you're forced to fill out all eight, right? Yep. So you might have like four, three or four like low-hanging fruit. And then yep. you're like, okay, now I have to stretch seven, eight. Yeah. And I think that's just more of like the yes and thinking where, yeah, I think quantity over quality, obviously. Yeah. Um, getting, a, getting them out of the mindset that like it has to be right. Yep. That's it's cool. hard to get out of the mindset. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you're not a designer. So if you're facilitating other people yeah. you know, to do that work. Right. Which we do in a design sprint. Yeah. Uh, we throw in crazy eights. And so you have like the CEO <laughs> drawing. And it's really fun. Be, yeah. I mean, and sometimes they have, you know, they, little nuggets do come from it. I like that. So even in my office, we'll do brainstorms on post-it notes. Yep. Kind of standard. But, but you know, no, you, you really aren't forced to like stretch. If right. you come up with like two or three, you're like, okay, I contributed. That's good. These are my, only, these are my first and only ideas. So I like I like the idea of having to stretch or reach. Yeah. So you're you're using post-it notes and then put it up and then like vote on them and stuff. Yep. Pretty much. That's yeah. There's a lot of pushback in the industry right now over that methodology. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, still use it. I mean, it's better than. I mean, that's, what, that's a whole different hour conversation. Yeah. No, I mean, that's why we're here. You know, like I'm, I want to improve. I think everybody wants to improve. I, I still operate. use it. I still yeah. use it. But there's some people on. Yeah. I've 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 had some interactions with people that are just like. What, what a popularity contest? Are you kidding me? Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, what's, what else? Um, I want to talk about, oh man, there's so many. Right? Um, Triz, maybe? Triz sounds interesting. What the hell is Triz? So, so Triz is a way to use terrible ideas to address tough situations hmm. and then come up with solutions. So you, you're almost coming up, you're trying to come up you're like the, your worst, the yeah. worst idea to solve. And this is no, this also comes from liberating structures, mm-hmm. but you know, there's all these companies, there's game storming that have something similar. And I love game storming. I work with a company called best Monday ever. They have their own version of it called Dr. Evil. Okay. Where you're coming up with terrible, like terrible ideas that Dr. Evil did from Austin powers. And then like oh, nice. using that as like what possibilities could come out of that. Uh-huh. Right. But Triz I like because. It's really, let's say you're addressing some sort of challenge and you're you're with some teams. You're with a team and it starts off like, okay, that's, what? (laughs) Like you start off with, what would be the absolute worst, what would make the absolute worst um, product team ever? Right? Okay. (laughs) And they just start off like, oh, no one talks to each other or Mm. no one trusts each other or... um, Oh, interesting. You know, you're doing divert, you're doing reverse thinking, wrong thinking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ever, they could, the guy has smelly breath, right? you know, and you're just like, whatever, like there's a gorilla, someone's got a pet gorilla, whatever, just the craziest things ever, hopefully. Yeah. And then the next step is like, do any of these behaviors resemble the way you guys work together? Hmm. And then like, it's a funny way to get people to be like, yeah, like Aaron's breath stinks. Yeah. You know, and it makes right. me hard to like it, but it's a, like a less threatening way to do things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And address those topics. Um, 
That's cool. And then the third step would be like, okay, what's the first step that we can do to start solving these issues? Mm-hmm. But it's at least like you're bringing these things out in the open. Right. Right. It's just kind of a fun, non-threatening way to do that. And like in between those, like the funny thing about Triz, like you can start off the first, the first step of like wrong thinking or like thinking of the worst case scenario can be, you can then use one, two, four, all. Right. Yeah. And now, cause now you've got a ton of problems to solve. Yeah. Right? So, so like you, you can, you can be like, what's the worst, what's the worst case scenario? And everyone does one, two, four, all everyone's like, oh yeah. Uh, someone's press stinks or like, no, there's no communication. Right. And then you get, they, they pair up and talk about it and then they go in threes. So like, that's another way to, to synthesize and stack these activities together. Right. That's cool. And then you move on to what, you know, you, you can say, you know, what do we resemble any of these behaviors? Right. Mm. And you can go into one, two, four, all again. And people are like, yeah, like the boss is a, is a jerk. He's a tono, you know, whatever. And then go into twos, but like there's ways to stack these activities on, on top of each other. That's cool. So does Triz like stand for something? Is it an acronym, is it an acronym or what? what did the, do I know? think it does because I've seen it on the Liberty structures. Okay. Like, Instagram. Here's all the I follow. I subscribe to like all this stuff. And, okay, but it's a it's a pretty memorable technique name. Yeah, it's it's the yeah, I I love it. That's cool. Okay, so did you want to talk about any any of your other favorite methods or structures? Back talk. Okay. Or in liberating structure, it's called Troika Consulting. Okay. I like to call it back. Back talk's way better. Yeah, as a name. Yeah. And that's another best money ever activity mm-hmm. or drill. Essentially, you get in groups of threes, and everyone has a problem, right, that they're trying to solve. And they will take turns going through this situation. But groups of threes, uh, in the first round, you start off with the person with the problem, and then the two others become consultants. Hmm. The client, I guess the person with the problem, the client gets one minute to present their problem and during that time the consultants can question them like to dig deep into this problem okay right? are they are they For acting context. as a team the consultants yes okay at the end of that minute the client turns its back to take notes while the consultants spew out ideas mm. and solutions and and, and um, inspiration for for the client okay the client cannot speak all he can all the client can do is jot down notes. Okay. But it's really powerful and all oh, people love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of, at the end of the note taking switch roles. Hmm. So did, did that make sense? We usually have to like demonstrate it visually yeah. before we go into it. Yeah. I get that. Like turning around. So wh- wh- what's the takeaway? Like the, the notes from the client, you know, the client the takeaway is like, so there's a concept called self distancing. It's a lot easier to solve other people's problems than your own, mm. right? Because you don't have that emotional attachment. Mm. So the con- so the takeaway is like, let's say, hey, like, Aaron, like, how might I like discover like UX research jobs here in Salt Lake City that are in like the fintech mm. industry, right? So I can use my UX research skills. Okay. And you'd start asking me questions. Did that provoke any questions? Oh yeah, for sure. What? Um, like, what's fintech? First of all. Oh. So yeah, um, financial technology. Okay. So like, uh, have you ever used, uh, what's the payment thing? <laughs> yeah, always Venmo. Oh, oh, Venmo. Yeah. Right. Okay, Something like Venmo. Okay. How much experience do you have in the field? Uh, I've worked with one company. Oh, okay. in the field? Yeah. And UX research? Yeah. Three years. Okay. 
And is it with high level companies? It's is it does it qualify you for other high level companies? Yeah, I'd say well, three years of yeah. There's some mm-hmm. decent. I know more than I'm definitely not a junior. Mm-hmm. Do you have a passion for it? Or are you after money? Oh, that's a great question. I think it would depend. Yeah, I love fintech. I love fintech. It's I think it's important. Financial inclusion is important thing in any way we can make get more people checking accounts. What whatever okay. whatever. I mean, this is yeah. this is. We not, could keep going. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was not that was just an example. Dude. Yeah. I'm not a fintech fanatic. <laughs> yeah. um, but then at the, and in a minute, I would turn around and you and the other consultant would start being like, oh, like I know I have a cousin or solutions. like yeah. you know, and start giving solutions. And I can't say anything. Huh. All I can do is write down notes. And, and so, the, and so are you writing down like your favorite solutions and then that, that might be like the thing you end with or it's well, just, that's up to the, it's just the practice of, yeah. of taking notes and coming up with ideas. And, yeah. So it's good for the consultants. They get better yeah. at, um, asking questions. It's yeah. like they get better at qu- asking questions and, you know, you know, brainstorming solutions that's like cool. a consultant, right? Yeah. It's good um, training. Yeah. But it, it's, you almost always get a great insight. Like the times I've been the client, but you're going to get, you're going to walk away with some sort of like thing that you didn't think about. That's cool. Um, so at the end of that, you, then you rotate roles, right? So it's yeah. three people, three rounds. Okay, cool. That's and another way to get rapid. Yeah. Okay. Really cool. So did, did you want to talk about the, the narrative, narrative arc piece? Of yeah. This? I mean, narrative arcs. So what we just talked about, like, Narrative arc when you're designing an experience or a workshop, that would be something like a design sprint would be a narrative arc. That's one way to design the experience, right? But there's also a lot of a lot of designers, you've seen the double diamond, yeah. discover, define, whatever, prototype, whatever. There's, I mean, yeah. there, there's, there, there, it's usually uh, divergent, convergent, divergent, yeah. convergent. Gotcha. Right? So like a form, a format for the workshop or right. for your, your creative process. Right. Okay. Uh, a design sprint is a, th- uh, three diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, if you look at, so you can go to designsprint.com. It's a really popular way to solve, solve challenges and take on, mm. solve big problems in four days. Okay. Um, but I mean, there's the hero's journey, like, I'm designing a workshop. You can think of it like a hero's journey where you know, you're starting off in a place and then you're going to address some issues and then to solve them, you're going to go into the unknown and go on this adventure and then come up and out of it uh. and then back to where you started. Right. So here's, we use the hero's journey sometimes to frame a, a, um, a workshop. Okay. A learning experience, essentially mm-hmm. the five E's. What's that? Five E's entice, enter, engage, exit, extend. Mm. Essentially, when you're designing an experience uh, or a workshop, a learning experience, a, a, a design experience, it's, there's an opening, an explorer period, and a closing. Mm-hmm. Okay? These all have openings and closings. Mm. And then four seasons. Yeah, four th- seasons is one I just learned at Google um, that I want to try out. Hmm. Essentially, like spring would be like plant the seed. This is mm-hmm. when we imagine and inspire when create like when to create conditions for a successful experience summer being tend the crops this is when we execute and uh when we're doing work when we're lost in the experience mm. right fall celebrate the harvest um it's like when we 
deliver and celebrate the work we've done and the winter rest of soil. Hmm. Um, it's like when we reflect on our experience and give ourselves time and space to replenish and rejuvenate. Oh, the reflection. That's nice. Um, I was about to, I, I, I could go on forever, forever. Yeah. That's good stuff. Chris, why do a collaborative workshop and get people involved and, and facilitate a workshop? Yeah. I mean, obviously that's a huge question that could be, I mean, we'd spend hours and books and talking about it. Yeah. I, I personally just like helping people, leaders, teams work better together, help them like generate that environment where they can create trust, um, communicate on equal footing. Um, because I, because I truly believe it's a better way to work. Hmm. To work closely with, with people in your organization and kind of across hierarchies. I, I think if the future, if, if the companies that win are the ones that learn fastest, this is how you learn fastest. Hmm. Right? This is how you avoid communication breakdowns hmm. and misalignment and... Um, I guess mistrust. That's how you learn fastest. Mm. So to me, it's really powerful. And I think that's why the design sprint, which is just one small little narrative arc for design took, became so popular is a codified this thing that every company needed right. and knew, but didn't know how to explain it or like sell it mm -hmm. or, um, yeah, it just made it, it made it where like almost anyone could facilitate it mm. and get decent results. So you've been doing the design sprints for a while now. What, what have you kind of like uncovered some pitfalls or, or things that you think need to be improved in the pro in that process? Well, no, I mean, Jake Knapp, the author, um, he says it's the perfect five, uh, what was it originally five days? Yeah. I mean, you mm. can run it. So with the design sprint, let's say, it's a four-day process. There's a bunch of different types now, right? If you still do Jake Knapp's design sprints, four days, um, which means, and you're supposed to get, you know, a team in the same room for four days and stakeholders, right? Right. Which yeah. usually includes like the executive, executives, a yeah. designer, yeah. like marketing guy, yeah, data, and uh, right, all busy people, right, full, all full schedules, and w which obviously can be a challenge. But if when you do do it, magic generally happens. Anyways, the pitfall, another pitfall, like selling can be a challenge, obviously, because mm -hmm. everyone's busy. But a big problem with the design sprint got in trouble for was working on a problem that's not worth solving. Hmm. So you're like, a company will be like, because when design sprint first came out, it was like this silver bullet innovation right yeah and so people would start using it for anything even like if a problem wasn't worth it like you don't want to use the design sprint get everyone and spend a week and get all these important people in a room if the problem's a simple problem to solve yeah or even a complex problem to solve like there's already a finite number of ways to solve a problem it's complex um uh no or, or complicated i'm sorry you want to get people in their room if a problem's 
uh, complex, which yeah. is like, there's a million different ways you could solve this. Thing. Right. Right. And, right. And so it's just deciding which direction, but you need that, that week to yeah. make that decision. Um, or people will just be like, yeah, we, we're, we want to do this thing. And it's like, all right, are you sure this is a problem we're solving? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's pretty simple. Everyone is of, of course is like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, well, if it's easy, then this thing is awesome. Yeah, like, I told dunk. my mom about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but then you get a design sprint. It's very clear that, like, not everyone's on board, or like, customers really don't want it, or like, it really is just a terrible idea. Or, mm. you know, once everyone's in the room together. Um, so then it's like, you brought all these people together, and they're like, yeah, this is not worth. Yeah, <laughs> like this just isn't even worth moving forward with so at all. So the setup, super important. Yeah. So now um, most design sprint agencies have added essentially research before. Oh, okay. We're calling it problem framing. Yeah. Validating a problem is worth solving in the yeah. first place. Yeah. Right. It's a clearly defined problem that's worth coming up with solutions. Okay. For. So you usually enter into a workshop with with a problem, a defined problem. Yeah, I mean, the, you problem framing uh, de-risks the sprint. Gotcha. So, and that's kind of new that's caught fire in the first year just because people kept on getting in trouble running sprints on things that weren't worth it. Yeah, because I read the book and I thought part of the process was that first day, like almost like identifying which problem to tackle, right? And, but you could, yeah. You it's could usually not one. enough. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's usually not enough. I mean, if you really want to de-risk the sprint, you'll go through some sort of, problem framing mm. and making sure that like it's a business tech and customer problem mm -hmm. right and everything's lines and like the internal stakeholders are on board and okay so so you want to get you know a bunch of employees a bunch of c let's go stakeholders people. let's go stakeholders okay who's going to work on this thing you who's going to build this thing yeah like you want the developer you want the product guy you yeah. want the designer the marketer you want, like you right? said and but you, you want, also want the ceo and like some decision makers maybe. i would think like right. uh you know somebody that's got a some decision clout, maker right yeah because you have a decision um, maker and all in the same room for a number of days how you know it sounds expensive like how do you convince your boss or your client you know to spend the money and the resources on on, on a workshop like that. Yeah, it's super hard, but also super easy if you explain it right or if they've experienced any of these problems in the past. So mm. um, you're essentially saying, hey, we're going to save you tons of time and money compared to the way you've been working in the past. Mm -hmm. So the way these products are, or services or whatever is being made works, like someone will have an idea, right? And then and, and the, like the traditional process is like Aaron has an idea and he talks people into building it right so they start building it and then they build they build they build and then they launch it and it goes to market and then they learn like people actually want it people don't want it like yeah it's a total bomb like whatever yeah and then you go back to the idea stage mm-hmm with design thinking or design sprint you're trying to go from idea to prototype or you're trying to go from idea to learn as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. And that's what a design sprint is because you're getting people in a room. We were like, yeah, we're like we're that's, there's this problem we're solving. You're essentially prototyping it. You're coming up with a solution, prototyping it and getting it from customers in four days. Yeah. You, you validate whether or not it should be built in the first place or implemented. 
and everyone knows what's going on. So they feel more engaged. That's more, cool. Like, right? So it cuts Everybody's down bought on, in, which is, yeah. which is huge for an organization. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you end up turning a year of miscommunications mm. and... Yeah. Uh, so if you can frame it that way, you're actually saving time and yeah. resources. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's you're, you're investing time to save tons of time and money. Yeah. And there's enough case studies out there that support that. Yep. Uh, essentially design sprint is a research method yeah because you're building this thing and, and right. but you also have this awesome prototype and you yeah you have a prototype but yeah there's the validation at the end right yeah. which which uh makes your company your client feel more comfortable spending that big amount of money at you know when it's needed so you can spin it as like it's another resource tool you like i think it's just great for teams mm. get everyone on the same page and engaged yeah. and i mean just right? team morale too right um you also get that prototype done and mm -hmm. the, I mean, the results the outcomes are pretty uh, clear mm. in, the, in the benefits of it. Yeah. And I think like any um, kind of alternative method to, to, you know, a creative process or anything like in addition to what you kind of normally do in your creative process is a good thing, you know, yeah. to get out of your comfort, comfort zone. Well, awesome. This has been really fun to yeah. like, talk to you about this. You know, we, like you said, we could keep going forever. But like, let's let's keep the conversation going online. What's the best way to talk to you? Yeah, it's at, well, I'm all over Instagram, so Christopher yep. Federer. But I I do um, Federer Chris at, on Instagram. Okay. At Federer Chris. Okay, and we'll post that your your link. Um, yeah. On the podcast. Yeah. Cool. So thanks, man. Yeah, please feel free to reach out if you have any questions about um, designing experiences or. Uh, Collaboration or like team, team uh, co-creation. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, man. See ya. Thanks.